Hello, everyone. Before we get into this week's episode, I've got a brief announcement on the scheduling front. So we've actually recorded way more episodes um, than I probably thought we would at this point, which is a great thing. Definitely shows that people want to be a part of our podcast and share their stories, and we want to continue to give them the platform to do so. So really, up until now, we've been publishing Thursdays, you know, hopefully, (laughs) typically when I'm not somewhere traveling or we get stuck in something else. But Going forward for a little while here, we're going to try to do this two times a week. We're going to do Wednesdays and Fridays just so we can get, you know, as I mentioned, so I'm not recording podcasts and then releasing them two months later, which sometimes is not great for the messaging. And also, you know, of course, in our world, people continue to ask us, when are they running? Which, again, is a nice thing, but we don't want to tell them we have no idea. So just a little bit of an announcement. Very good news. You know, another thing, too, is we're going to start next week with um, one of our next gen podcasts. So, you know, we had teased these before they're really podcasts to talk about the full service side and emerging brands, but just be on the lookout for a tag there that says next gen. That's a signal that it is a full service restaurant. Of course, you know, as we mentioned before, I do think that it's a relevant topic to even quick service operators. But again, um, this week, starting Wednesday and Friday, we're going to do a lot of tech podcasts, a lot of brand podcasts, really get into all the things that we have so far over the last 70 plus episodes. So, you know, thank you so much, everybody, again, you know, just for listening. We've had a great response. If you're so inclined, please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Really helps us move up the charts, you know, get new listens. I know nothing about algorithms, but I do know that that is true. So we would appreciate it. If you don't want to leave a review, just continue listening and we'll continue dropping podcasts. So without further ado, on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR Magazine. And so this week, as we often do, we are jumping out of the operators and into the world of vendors and tech and all the different pieces that make the actual restaurant work that maybe as a consumer you don't see. And just personally, I often find these podcasts to be the most illuminating and get kind of a bird's eye view of a lot of the issues taking place you know, there on the ground level. But anyway, with all that said, uh, we're joined this week by Christine Schindler, CEO and co-founder of PathSpot. So for anybody listening to this podcast who is also a reader of our publication, which I hope all of you are, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with PathSpot, especially after these last couple of years. You know, the picture, you've got the hand scanners, and of course, we're just through this uh, COVID window, sanitation, and everything involving food safety, which I think in the food service world was always critical, which is why actually, I mean, we can go back to arguments of why it was safer to go to a restaurant than a lot of places, but either way, it really pulls. So Christine, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate the time. If you want to just start by introducing yourself, the company, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks so much for having us on, Danny, and, and grateful that our uh, picture has been in your publication as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Christine. I started the company actually from a different background outside of food and food service. Uh, my background's in global and public health and as a biomedical engineer. And so I, I had started my work and research in the engineering and healthcare side of the world, um, actually living and working in the developing world for a period of time as well on 
low-cost medical tools and technologies, and then also spent time working in our hospital system and networks here domestically. And I think that really shaped the way I viewed the world and, and so many of the challenges that exist um, in the food service industry from a totally different lens of how could we come across these challenges and problems for, for consumers, for business owners, and for employees to make safe, reliable, healthy workspaces, and, and how could technology help enable that? And so we started with our core product, which is that, that picture you, uh, you so uh, adeptly you know, referenced, um, of the hand scanner, which is a device that mounts on the wall next to hand washing sinks in restaurants, packaging facilities, cafeterias, really anywhere where food is handled, stored, or served. And how it works is right after someone washes their hands, they put them underneath, flip them over, and it instantly pops up and tells them that they have contamination that could make someone sick. Um, and then we take all the data from those scans and give it to management teams, uh, both at a store, district, and corporate-wide level so that they can see uh, and understand how um, different locations are tracking back to the overall SOPs and requirements and, and build really custom trainings and protocols. Um, we've expanded to be able to also support other areas of health and safety across the restaurant from um, waste management and, and spoilage to temperature monitoring to task and compliance forms and, and, and areas to be able to build this holistic solution for all things health and safety for our partners. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs who we have as guests on on this podcast, the like fast casual space, or even on the tech side and the vendor side of people who have an idea, you know, and then they go to actually make it happen, um, which I think is one of the things I don't understand as a human being, just because for me, it's, I guess, the entrepreneur, I'm, I, I admire it more than I can ever imagine emulating it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess my question is from the idea that you had, obviously it was something you were seeing in your career, but to actually go and create a company, I mean, talk a little bit about what that process was like to, you know, take a little bit of a leap, you know, into that world and to, you know, start path spot, you know, to get it to going to where it is here now today. I mean, it definitely wasn't an all at once decision, right? It was, hey, I see this in the news. I see all these challenges. And, and I never wanted to build something that wasn't solving a real problem that people needed. And I, I feel that same way today when we decide what new features to create or what new pieces to add on. Um, or what new solutions to build and develop, I'm always asking our team, you know, what does the customer want? What does the customer need? What are the real solution that we're, that we're providing? And I think in starting the company, it was those same questions. Like, is there something really here? I started, you know, iterating algorithms in my apartment bathroom on, on my nights and weekends. I started going door to door of restaurants once I isolated the core contaminants. And I'm telling you at that time, we literally had a bunch of wires taped to a dinner plate. And I was kind of knocking on doors that just get up at 6 a.m. on Saturdays and knock on doors till midnight and say, hey, what, what are you doing around hand washing and safety? What do you have beyond the signs that we all know in the bathrooms? You know, what does this really look like? And when every person I talked to was saying, you know, honestly, I've waited 10 years for something like this to exist. That was when I said, all right, I guess I should try building it. Um, and it was really those customer interactions that kept me going through that very uncertain 
phase of, of getting a company up and running and, and building and growing a team, um, it was always going back to customers telling me, this is making us feel safer. This is making our operations run more effectively. This is saving us money. Um, th thank you for, for developing this. Like that is the piece that always kept me focused on what came next. Yeah, those those signs in the bathroom about employees washing their hands are probably one of the most uh, unsatisfying things as a consumer on the planet. I think, I think as a <laughs> I think as a manager and a restaurant owner, even more so. I mean, you could put that up there, liability, whatever, but you really don't know, um, you know. And I guess my you know something I'm curious is. You know, in terms of restaurants and then someone starting it, do you really remember what it was like the first time someone put it in their restaurant? And I remember listening to um, Presto, kind of an AI tech company, talk about the first time he ever had those tablets at the table where you check out and he had to essentially ask the restaurant, can I also work here? And they let him work there. And then he just sat and kind of watched it happen in real time and fixed the problems as they came about. But he had to basically be an employee <laughs> to, <laughs> to get that case study. Um, and so, I mean, what was the, so what was it like at the beginning? You know, cause I think it's very, very clear. Anybody can see that restaurants were going to want this, you know, but what was it like to actually see it in action in those early days? Oh, the early days were definitely a little bit of wild, wild west, right? And it's funny now when I look at the systems and policies and procedures that we have in place, it's really you know exciting to see that growth. But thinking back to those early days, I remember the same thing. I would show up you know, every day and I would just show a different version of the product because I didn't know what a customer needed. And, and I could have sat in a black box and built something beautiful, but it wouldn't have been what actually mattered to the end user. And so I would show up every day and I'd build you know, I had a version and they would say, oh, I kind of wish it looked like this, or I kind of wish it, 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 it operated this way, or I kind of wish it said this on the screen and I'd stay up all night and I'd build a new version of it. And I'd come back the next day with that new version and I'd show it to everyone all over again. And I think, you know, some people thought I was a little bit crazy, but over time we were building it exactly for what the customers asked. So I remember one day I showed up in a customer location and I was doing this for weeks on end. And they said, yeah, that looks pretty good. Can you put it up? And I was like, right, like right now, you want to install it right now? They're like, yeah, drill it in the wall. Like it's everything we need now. Um, and it's evolved a thousand times since then. But I remember just like drilling it into the wall, like hands shaking. And similarly, I would just, those first few locations we launched, you know, I, I would sit in the restaurant all day. You know, I would just watch them use it, see how it interacted with the customers, see how they what other policies and things were going on in their day-to-day -day so I could better understand it. And I would eat whatever that food was for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. I'd just keep going up and ordering more food. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, such a such an experience with those early spots. Uh, so how how young were you when you were kind of at this, uh, at this stage? Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, a few years out of school at the time. And I really realized that I wanted to be creating this opportunity um, to build and, and create something new because I saw this challenge that existed. Uh, it, it's definitely been exciting to see our team like evolve and grow to all levels of expertise and different backgrounds uh, and watch how that impacts, especially having people with you know, robust experience working with the restaurant industry and being able to bring them in as our team grows. Right. Yeah, you know, you you all definitely have one of the cooler boilerplates out there being able to say you're one of time's best inventions <laughs> and also a world-changing idea by a fast company. I think um, 
obviously those are things to kind of hang your hat on. But uh, just talk about the growth, you know, from those days to now. We've kind of mentioned how much has changed. And I mean, you know, what what's kind of the situation now in terms of the technology? How far has it come? You know, what might be a next, you know, iteration of it or or what's really just that journey going forward now look like? Yeah, you know, it's funny to think that it was such a milestone to get one device installed. And now we have channels in our company that say when new devices come online and it's, you know, popping up constantly. Uh, we're fortunate, you know, we're scanning millions of hands uh, at this point across the entire globe. This year, we've expanded to international locations in addition to supporting across the U.S. with with brands across the food service and restaurant industry to grocery packaging facilities, cafeterias. I mean, really anywhere where food is, you know, handled, stored and served are, are the areas that we're able to support with the technology um, and being able to expand beyond, you know, the sole focus of hand washing, which obviously is a core and critical nature, especially as it's the, the one thing that everyone has to do related to safety, no matter what your job is, you've got to wash your hands. Um, but being able to expand that and utilize hand washing as that central hub for and the and the passbot hand scanner as that hub for these other health and safety related and oriented tasks to provide even more value across our partners, um, that's definitely been a really rewarding experience as well. So how has your job changed? I sometimes personally not I, I kind of miss those days of being, you know, not door to door, so to speak, you know, in our industry more just kind of constantly head down go mode and you know now you're at a point where you're managing people and you're thinking bigger and it can get overwhelming but you know what does your job look like now comparatively and how is your role just constantly changing as a ceo and co-founder of a company that is growing oh it's it's definitely very different you know than me hand gluing devices together and then yeah. and then showing up um, you know, but in some ways it's the same. I, I always have my ear to the ground, you know, what's next, what's going on, how are our customers looking and feeling, and then how are we executing across those really important pieces? Um, it's really empowering to be able to, to have our team, you know, grow and expand, get to work with people that are way better than me at so many different functions across the organization and, and being able to bring in those expertise and watch how it amplifies the company. Um, that's, that's really rewarding, um, but definitely different than, than what I expected. You know, my background's in engineering. I'm, I'm an engineer at heart. And then to be doing all these different components of, of growing a business, you learn something new every day and, and get to continue evolving. I, I would have never been able to picture what my role looks like now, and I probably can't imagine what it will look like in five years, but I'm grateful that I have other entrepreneurs who are always helping me think about what that next step is. Right. Do you have a do you have a mentor or someone in the just kind of the entrepreneur space that you really look up to? I'm grateful that, you know, having been a part of both venture capital firms that have several portfolio companies of all different sizes and stages, and then also, you know, different entrepreneurship experiences or programs, especially geared toward, you know, female founders or restaurant tech founders. I find that there are so many people that are more senior than me that are, that are or, or, you know, three stages above, have just gotten through the next phase of growth that are always looking backwards and saying, what other companies can I help get to that next phase? Um, and, and I'm always like 
shocked and humbled when some of these individuals are willing to to give me their time and their advice and, and pour in to help me understand the things that I don't know about the next phase of business growth. And right. and then I feel fortunate to get to try to do the same thing for the, the pre-seed company that's like, I want to try to get on one of these lists or raise my first, you know, X number of dollars or get my first customer. A lot of these things you can't Google, right? And so it definitely comes from conversations like this one too. And and getting to learn from others who are so generous with their time. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the restaurant space through the pandemic uh, beginning there and into where it is now. It it was always really interesting. I mean, the amount of stories that we started to write about food safety, you know, they weren't really necessarily, you had brands doing things that they had no idea they should be doing. But I, I think what was kind of the way that I looked at it was that we really got into this idea of sanitation theater, you know, this idea that customers now needed to see restaurants doing something that hopefully was happening behind the scenes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe it wasn't, um, but either way it became really front and center there in those early days, you know, even as, as people started to come back and you had, you know, all these people were eating in igloos and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, talk about at, when that all happened. I mean, as a company, did you kind of say, okay, well now, you know, obviously this is going to become really hyper, you know, focused even beyond maybe what it ever was before and clients are going to need us and, you know, the solution is going to become ever present. I mean, what were just those moments and those conversations like from the perspective of a company, you know, founded in, you know, preventing illnesses and outbreaks during a pandemic, <laughs> you know, it's a... Pretty, pretty unique uh, situation that obviously we, none of us saw coming. It was definitely very surreal. I mean, I had spent the year and a half prior to that, like living, breathing disease and hand washing and all these things and telling everyone about it. And I would start all my conversations and say, you need to wash your hands for 20 seconds. And everyone would go, no way. That's way too long. Who says, right? And, um, but we knew this, this really mattered. And then as it was all, you know, happening, there was so much uncertainty. I mean, I remember looking at our team and, and saying, there are so many challenges in the world right now, but we may be best poised of anyone to help with this small sliver. And so we have to do it. And we filed as an essential business and we stayed full-time in person um, as everyone else went, went remote. And we focused on how do we deploy and, and support as many people as we can. And it was really empowering, I think for us to feel like we could hear employees and that's continued, you know, now with everyone's heightened sense of, of the importance of sanitation and safety and, and more general awareness, right? You know, now nobody questions when I, I don't need to say 20 second hand washes are important. Everyone's so aware of how disease is transmitted and all these pieces. So, um, you know, having employees say, I only feel safe coming to work because of this, like, thank you for that. Or, or customers, you know, choosing and selecting where they ate based off of our ability to provide these extra services to make sure people were safe. Um, you know, that was really empowering. And I think, you know, thinking now going into 2023, like if there is any silver lining to the, the challenges that existed, it's that I think they, these safety teams within the industry are getting more ability to share these types of solutions and implement them and, and realize the importance, you know, maybe with these types of tools, we'll, we'll be able to stop the next, you know, outbreak or, or illness component because everyone is a little bit more intentional than we were a few years back. Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like they really need to put this in my 
child's daycare facility. <laughs> <laughs> although the kid, although the kids, uh, you know, be like failing it constantly throughout the day, but you know, it's um, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I think for me, you know, just from what I saw, you know, covering and talking to people, the implementation of safety you know, tools like this, that was kind of phase one. It's like, okay, we got to, you know, what are we going to do to improve this? And then what they really started to ask was how do we get consumers to know that we're using this? And was so I'm just curious, I mean, was that a question that came up, you know, in terms of, you know, brands were very cognizant of like, how do I market, you know, what kind of certification I have or whatever tools I might be using to protect the safety of consumers and employees and did that become a thing, you know, just a visibility of PathSpot and for the brands using it to try to figure out how they're going to get credit for it? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's still a thing. You know, I yeah. think brands are still really focused on how do we share this with our customers, but also how do we share this with our employees? A lot of the brands we worked with have said, what can you do to help me with employee retention, with employee recruitment? I want to share that I'm one of the safest places for people to be employed and to have a job like that's one of the areas that I think I can you know in in a world where the the labor market is really challenging where I can showcase that I'm going above and beyond in in certain ways to help support because I care so much about our team members as as they're some of the people that get the most sick in these environments um so that's been a really interesting component and then separately definitely with with getting it in front of consumers you know we even had one of our customers like put a tablet in the window that showed how many hand washes they'd had that minute and who the hand washer of the week is. We did a ton of work on like putting this into online systems so that when people look for delivery, they would know, you know, what, what they were doing to keep themselves safe or QR codes on bags for delivery that would go out or, or stickers and pins. Like this sounds simple, but everyone wanted pins that say, employees here have clean hands or I washed my hands verified with, with path spot hand scanner. So it's really interesting to see how those things played in and, and continue to play into the dialogue around this. Uh, yeah. I, re I remember early on, a lot of brands would come out with these kind of releases or marketing materials on their websites. And there was always a hand washing component to, you know, whatever the timing might be, <laughs> you know, like they do it every 30 minutes or, or things like that. And, I remember sitting there thinking, wow, this has come a long way really quickly. But I think why your product probably resonated so much with people is that it proves something beyond just kind of the tangible concept that, you know, you might be able to say in a press release, right? So it's interesting to yeah. watch that unfold, you know. It's, and uh, definitely for the brands themselves too, you know, they set these SOPs for a reason. It's to prevent employee sick days. It's to help keep their team safe. It's to keep the food safe. And so a lot of our system is based around the cadence. You know, it's not just how well did you wash, but how often and, and how can we make that something that's fun and rewarding? We really try to gamify it, you know fill up this to, to get your hand washes and, and it lights up, it sings, it throws confetti on the device um, and, and tries to kind of make it really fun, even competitions across stores um, so that we can make it really tangible for, for how we're tracking towards reaching those requirements of once every 30 minutes, like you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would put one of these in my house. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because yeah, my you'll be first on my list to send it to Danny. I mean, my daughter says the um, 
the ABCs while she's washing her hands. That's what they taught her in school or whatever. And it's like she cheats though constantly. And I know she cheats, <laughs> but but it would be interesting. I know ABCs you know. is one. Um, happy birthday is one. I have a friend with a with a five year old. She says that she has her um, five year old saying happy birthday to Christine every time they wash their hands because of the hand scanning and what I taught her about hand washing. And her daughter's always like, "Why does it always get to be Christine's birthday?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of kind of like the gamified side of it or, you know, kind of confetti or something going off. It's it's really, I mean, we've got this sleep device, you know, that so many people use that's like it turns green when they're allowed to wake up or whatever. And you wouldn't think that something that would like that would work on a three-year-old, but it legitimately does. <laughs> so if there's like a little reward at the end of the rainbow, they typically, you know, there's a, it's a helpful thing for... For a parent, at least, I know this is kind of off topic, but one of the things we do is we put a trivia question on the device in the morning, and if all the safety tasks are completed throughout the day, then at the end you get the answer to the trivia question. Um, it's just little things, but you're right; it, it, it's something that really keeps you on track, and and people want to do the right thing around these different compliance areas. No one says, "Oh, I don't want to wash my hands," or I don't, I don't want to see if my hands are clean. It's always, oh, I just was really busy. I, I forgot or, or I just, you know, it slipped my mind or I was talking to a employee or, or you know, whatever it is. Right. And so having those little reminders and incentives, it, it keeps everyone on track. Right. So tell us a little bit about kind of next future steps or where you all go from here. Um, you know, cause any great entrepreneurial idea, Feel like you can't stop moving seems like you're somebody who wouldn't do that you know you could probably sit here and have this product and it would be successful forever but i'm sure you're going to keep coming up with ideas so without giving away anything i mean what's just kind of you know where's your mind going into the future now in terms of you know solving new problems evolving this one to you know be even more effective or what's just kind of into this new year and and going even beyond that you know kind of in store for you yeah, great question. And, and um, you know, I feel really fortunate to get to learn from our customers and users. And the more devices we install, the more brands we work with, the more I get to ask, what else is top of mind for you? And it's so interesting to hear customers say to me, you know, Christine, we used to have nothing to help us with hand washing. It was this huge part of our list of what we had to be responsible for, but we didn't have any tool. We're just using pen and paper, our own brains, or, you know, someone trying to remind each other. And, and it wasn't effective. And here's the list of 30 other things that we do with pen and paper that aren't effective, that, that we need to be able to and want to be able to turn into a technology-driven solution. Can you help us with these? Um, and so I think the things that, that we're really working to expand upon and, and are already implementing and starting to you know, see the results of, of creating this broader system for all things health, safety, and wellness, um, including the other components that are so critical, whether that's temperature management for food and ambiance and employees, you know, wellness checks, um, compliance, monitoring, all the different tasks that have to go on with health and safety, labeling and waste solutions. Um, you know, there's just so many interesting areas, uh, surface even monitoring and cleaning and these different components. And so we're really working to how do we solve those different areas? How do we move things out of pen and paper and into something that can be reliable and compatible and, and understood by everyone who uses them? 
And I'm curious too, how has, you know, just speaking to the food service space, the kind of the rise of, you know, off-premise business and takeout and delivery and all these things played into a role here? Because when that was first a thing, you know, we're kind of going back even pre-COVID here, you know, restaurants really hated it for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons they didn't like it was this just idea that they were handing off the brand experience, the a driver for a company who didn't work for them. And and part of that equation is the food safety side of it. I mean, has that been something that you've had to think about? You know, is it something you can even really try to solve? I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a wild west, really, in terms of, you know, restaurants and, you know, that control that they always were so closely guarded, they had to see it a little bit, you know, it's yeah, no, it's really real. And that's a real concern. We actually have a lot of the brands we work with require a hand scan before they can pick up the food and, and take it and make sure their hands are clean. It's funny, like we were just doing a spot visit into one of our locations and we're just going into the back to do something and not even knowing who we were. The brand was like, you need to wash your hands before you cut, you need to scan before you can do anything else. So I, I do think that some locations are trying to utilize the tools to do that. And, and it is a big focus area for us. How do we help systematize this process from a safety standpoint um, to make sure that the food and, and the individuals are all protected at each stage in that journey? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. And there was always that period during COVID where like you'd walk in somewhere and they had those things that were taking your, um, you know, temperature. <laughs> It felt very uh, confusing at times where you'd wonder, what is my temperature? Because it's not like it had it on a big, you know, blaring screen, like you were driving down the highway and it was telling you your miles per hour or something. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think this is probably something that's that's a little bit more sensible to people because they could see it. And, um, you know, and that's true, too, of couriers and the restaurants handing the food off and, and all of that. But um yeah, you don't want to have this stuff on your hands, right? And you can't see it. You can't smell it. Um, it lights up and, and it says this is here and you need to rewash or, or rescan and to make sure that, that you're clean. Um, but I mean, most of the time when I talk to people that have failed, we actually see them wanting to scan more and more frequently, right? Because they're like, wait a minute, there was contamination hiding in my pinky fingernail or under my ring or on my wrist. I had no clue that was there. Like, let's get rid of it. I don't want to make anyone or myself sick. <laughs> yeah. So one question I, I'm asking everybody because it's January and that's just what we do this time of year is to kind of look at, you know, maybe what's going to be a really big trend, you know, this year for the restaurant space. Yeah, people have said food safety, of course, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would say they're saying it less than they were, even though it's not that it's not there. It's just they're not as front and center with it as they were two years ago. You know, and this clean, cleanliness is the new ambiance, which I feel like I heard every five minutes in 2020. But um, what would you say from your perspective? You're just kind of looking, maybe we could circle the food safety space, but what do you think is maybe going to be the a big discussion point, you know, this coming year that you know, perhaps wasn't on the radar last year? Yeah, you know, I think something that was on the radar, but I'm seeing it in every piece of the end of the, the experience is really how to how to create operational effectiveness for the all the team members that are present, you know, in a in the midst of labor challenges, safety challenges, uh, the importance of 
getting every cent from, from that dollar, right? Like how do we create the most operationally effective situation and, and what can technology do to play a part of that? That's really where our head is at. How, how do we use our safety tools to drive real tangible ROI in terms of operational effectiveness and, and actually save money in really tangible ways? So I think that's going to be core in addition to employee health and safety. I think that's a big piece. You know, obviously, like you said, the, the sanitation theatrics, I think where it's really coming to now is how do we keep employees, you know, safe and healthy, both from a sick day perspective, but also so that we keep that operational effectiveness up um, and are able to utilize each team member really, really effectively as we know their, their core importance. Yeah, there's been a real common thread of people at I've talked to where a lot of this year seems to really be about the in-store technology to help become more efficient and effective at running a restaurant versus, you know, the last couple of years, there was a lot about kind of ways to get food to guests or, you know, sort of channel, you know, streamlining and removing friction from ordering itself. And now you're actually looking at devices, whether it's AI or food safety or just systems that you can monitor and put in place to improve actually what's happening in store, which I think it's almost like a hold your breath after a wave of stuff, <laughs> you know, and then figure out what we actually need and how we can make it work for us. Um, it seems to be kind of where we're at as an industry. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's, it's going to be a little bit about optimizing versus just introducing brand new crazy stuff all the time, I think. Just I rant, agree, yeah. random rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Christine, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Um, but before I let you go, you know, if people want to learn more about the company, if they want to find out potentially how they might, you know, add the solution to their restaurant, what's a good place to find you or learn more about the company or just to get more information in general? Absolutely. Patspot.com has... Everything, um, every, all these different pieces that I spoke about today, our hand scanner, as well as the additional product information um, and our contact info, I would love to have a conversation with anyone who's interested. And maybe if they're lucky, you'll, you'll bolt the uh, thing on the wall just like you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't do that anymore. Our uh, full holistic installation teams would be happy to support, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably a good thing, right? Um, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Christine. We really appreciate the time. We look forward to seeing what you all have in store for this coming year. And for everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.